Chase. Laura Curran joining us live. It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran on 77 WABC. All right, welcome back to Cut to the Chase. I am Laura Curran, and the other big story that everybody is following, there's endless news coming about the debt ceiling. Uh, so what exactly is at stake with this? If if the nation, if this great country of ours defaults on its debt, what does that actually mean? So economists warn, this is according to the Washington Post, they're warning that the shock would cause a recession, torpedo the financial system, put Social Security checks for seniors on hold, cause federal workers to be furloughed, and send mortgage rates soaring. So basically – Really bad for everyone. Uh, Janet Yellen is saying she's yelling about this. I'm telling you, she's saying it could it could, quote, crack open the foundations upon which our financial systems is built. Financial system is built. She's very anxious. This comes across when you hear her quoted. She she talks very quietly and very slowly, but you can hear the anxiety and I feel the anxiety. And to help us understand what all of this actually means is Andrew Cohen, who has also been on my podcast, and he's very smart on these matters. He's a reporter for the Commercial Observer and was also a finance reporter at the Bond Buyer. So, Andrew, uh, how are you, first of all? Yes, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you, Laura. Co- I'm in uh, Las Vegas at the moment, actually, for a conference. I have a feeling this might be one of the topics uh, that's brought up. I bet it is, because what I'm hearing is a lot of investors are betting that this stalemate could inject a lot of volatility in the markets even before that June 1st deadline. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and the same thing happened in, in 2011, uh, which I touched on in that uh, podcast. Uh, where, you know, the U.S. lost one of its uh, AAA credit rating, the S&T downgraded uh, them just be, just for coming close to, um, you know, nearing that deadline. So just imagine if if the deadline passes this time, uh, then you're looking at, uh, you know, multiple. Oh, Andrew, Andrew, you're breaking up a little bit. We're going to call you back. Let's see if we can get a better signal. We're going to call you right back. All right, great. Um, so you may have noticed, you may have read this. I was just uh, catching up on the news before I went on the air that Biden and McCarthy are actually going to be meeting tomorrow, Monday afternoon. Uh, they're, they're calling it a, what the Wall Street Journal is calling a, to make a last ditch deal. I certainly hope that that is not the case. Um, there has been some optimism coming from both sides. Uh, McCarthy in his comments on Friday, this is a house House leader uh, Kevin McCarthy, he didn't specify uh, returning discretionary spending to the earlier levels that he had wanted before. Anyway, he's what I mean to say is he's actually given a little bit. The president has also given a little bit, saying he would not link cutting spending to a debt ceiling deal. Um, so there. So, Andrew, you're back. We were just talking. Yes. I was just talking to the audience about uh, the meeting that's going to happen. And there's been. Some optimism. It's almost like we're getting mixed signals from these two guys, though, because they'll say, oh, yeah, we're, you know, they're, we're, we're having great conversation. This is going well. And then you have Biden coming out and saying, oh, but the MAGA Republicans, these extremists, they want to do this. And then McCarthy saying, no, there's no deal. Uh, do you have a sense of where all of this actually stands? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a lot. No, you know, a lot of ways, um, you know, both sides. 
kind of kind of really digging in. I think it. Oh boy, it will be a deal, Andrew. We're uh, losing you. We're losing you. Can you go to a place where you have more bars by any chance? You're just you're just kind of going in and out a little bit over there in Vegas. It's a lot going on there. Yeah. All right. We're going to try you back. You want, you want to try it one more time, Christian? What do you think? All right. So there's a lot to talk about. The other part, the other aspect that I am really interested in is what I was talking about earlier in the show as, as you know, politics is performance, art, and government is actually managing. This is something that actually has to be managed because the stakes are very, very high. Uh, but will we have the extremes of both parties undermining any solution that these two guys can hammer out. That's something that I know is very concerning. And and you got to think that a lot of what they're saying, if, whether it's Biden talking about MAGA extremists or it's McCarthy talking about we've got to have a work requirement, um, that, you know, all of these is, is partly driven by politics, is partly driven by polls. Uh, one thing that does poll very well is the idea of work requirements. And, uh, there are, the Democrats are kind of being coached in how to talk about this. So instead of talking about the debt ceiling as a debt ceiling, talk about default. Talk about America defaulting. Instead of talking about work requirements for benefits, talk about benefit theft, right? That doesn't sound so good. Uh, but it really doesn't matter how you talk about it or what you call these things, it's not a political game. This is something that actually has real consequences. You know, as we saw with seniors potentially losing their benefits, with mortgage rates uh, going sky high, with uh, federal workers being furloughed, work not getting done, Uh, not to mention the reputational hit that this country will take. I mean, people may want to criticize us, but we are definitely still the leaders in the world Will we be in a weakened position in conflicts overseas? Will we not have the same heft that we should if we can't get this together? Uh, the other aspect of this is this game of chicken. And, you know, if you've been around the past few years, we've had debt ceiling talks before. Uh, they've always been resolved. It's almost like, okay, it becomes a little bit like white noise. However, this one just feels different. The uh, warnings from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen are, Yellen are that much more scary and dire. And and the politics is at such a heightened heightened state these days that, that these things just seem to carry a little more heft or this threat just seems a little bit a little bit more real. Um, so let's see, Christian, how are we doing with our guest? Okay, all right, we're trying another number, so that's great. Um, so I like to think, I like to think this. So, so Kevin McCarthy has been in politics for a long time. We know that Joe Biden has been in politics for a very long time. Let's just think the best. Let's be very optimistic. These are both, let's say these are both sensible men who want to make an agreement where they both save the country and save face. Okay. That would be ideal. But then that's step one. Step two is the, They've got to bring along the people in their parties to vote for this as well. So uh, I think the progressives, those on the far left of the Democratic Party, are afraid that Biden will give away too much to make a deal, like uh, making sure that there are work requirements for some benefits. 
Uh, Republicans want tax cuts and spending cuts and work requirements. Uh, according to the Washington Post, the House Freedom Caucus has called for an end to negotiations over the debt ceiling entirely, saying there should be no further discussion. Can you imagine? Um, until the Senate acts on a House bill that would raise the borrowing limit while sharply cutting federal spending. Okay, that seems really difficult. On the left, there's a growing coalition of Senate Democrats calling for President Biden to prepare to invoke the 14th Amendment. So this is an amendment that says the government always has to pay what it owes, basically. Now, you may have heard about this. This is a risky move. This would be a very risky move because it might not be upheld and it will take a long time. And we could reach that very well, could reach that June 1 deadline before any resolution on the 14th Amendment is done. So, Andrew, you're back. Yes, hopefully you're clear this time. You are clear as a bell. Um, so, you know, I'm talking, I'm kind of like drawing a line between the politics of this and then also the real life stakes of this. The folks that you're talking to, your sources, what are they most concerned about and how do they think they get out of this mess? We get out of this I, mess. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest concern, actually, my my colleague, Brian uh, Pastis, did a, did a great piece on this um, last week about uh, you know, on the commercial real estate uh, effect of this. But, you know, we, we just had a, you know, a regional bank crisis or, or we're still going through that That's in a right. lot of ways. You know, That's right. you know, three banks, you know, Silicon Valley, Signature, uh, First Republic. And, and, you know, there's others that might be at risk. So there's already, you know, some some credit challenges to begin with. But you add a, uh, you know, a, a U.S. default on top of that. And you're really talking about, uh, you know, even, even more troubles for these banks. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of underwriting loans, because obviously higher uh, financing costs, and then those their existing loans are going to be at risk of default. So that's you know that's one uh, you know obviously one major concern. But also beyond that, just uh, from a more uh, more granular level, just the idea that you know U.S. Treasuries they've always you know been looked at as kind of risk free uh, risk right. free bonds and. A default would really underline that that um, assumption and just, you know, I think that that could have a real psychological effect, you know, for a while. It's got to be so frustrating, Andrew Cohen uh, from Commercial Observer, because these banking executives uh, have big jobs. I was actually having dinner with a friend who has a big job at a big bank. Uh, they have to actually make sure things run properly. They have lots of regulation, but there's a, there's their jobs carry a lot of high stakes. And it must be frustrating for them to be watching this politics, this political game of chicken going on when they know what is at stake. Uh, are they do you do you hear that frustration from them? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. I think, you know, there's a feeling that like there's already a lot of challenges to begin with, you know, with regional obviously the regional bank crisis, like like I mentioned, uh, just, you know, interest rates have been going up uh aggressively since last um uh last uh, you know june of 2022 especially mm-hmm. and and you know while there might be a pause in that um in the near term you know they're not coming down anytime soon that's for sure so it, there's already a lot of challenges uh to begin with uh and then you add this on top of that it would just you know like i know you mentioned that this would this would signal a, a recession i mean i i think in a lot of ways it would be a depression if, yeah if the, if it does, uh, you know, if if we do uh, pass that deadline, are the banks taking precautionary steps? Are they putting things in place just in case? 
Yeah, I think I think the you know the larger banks in particular, you know, they have the um, you know they have the means, obviously, more of the means to uh, uh, to you know with reserves and and whatnot to prepare for this. Um, but the regional banks, you know, some of them are 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 in a real tough place now. You know, they, mm-hmm. they uh, already there was a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, after what happened with um, with Silicon Valley and Signature in particular, there was uh, a lot of people concerned about uh, just the overall health of regional banks. So there were there were some uh, uh, deposits uh, that were pulled. Um, you know, things have stabilized a bit since then, but um, you know, I think there's uh, but there's there's definitely um, you know they're the ones I think that you know might get hurt by this the mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think, you know, it's sort of easier to sell the GOP position in terms of talking points. And most most polls show that most people agree with the position that, look, you got to cut spending to curtail your debt. People can relate to that because that's what they have to do in their own lives. They can't spend money they don't have. So they have to cut back buying stuff when they don't have enough money. Um and I think that's why you see the Democrats wanting to use different language, not calling it a debt ceiling, calling it default, not call, you know, calling it benefit theft instead of work requirement. Uh, anyway, we'll see how all of this pans out. Andrew Cohen, I want to thank you so much. We'll get you back again and we'll make sure you're on a landline and don't have too much fun in Vegas. OK, <laughs> I'll try. Thanks. Thank you, Laura. All right. You got it. Coming up next, I'm borrowing an idea from Bill O'Reilly. I'm going to share with you something that you probably don't know but is really important to know on the global scene coming up next after the break on cut to the chase and i'm taking your calls 800-848-WABC i see some of you are on hold please hang on i'm coming to i'm coming for you bye Italian heritage and the food that goes along with it. That's why on Sundays after church, I head over with my father to Italo's Fine Foods on Forest Avenue in Staten Island with our list for mom. They have two locations on Forest Avenue, 1566 and the new one at 725. It's family owned and serving Italian specialties since 2014. They also have a full catering menu, the freshest meats, imported San Martano tomatoes from Italy, and the best mozzarella. Order in store by phone or online. They even deliver. ItaloFineFoods.com I-T-A-L-O FineFoods.com Tell them Vinny Madugno and WABC Sent ya. Manja.